0: Hi, this is Steve O'Mooney, and you're listening to another great show, only on the 4i Radio Network. For more great shows, feel free to check out www.4iradio.com.
1: Wallop and web snappers! My spider sense is tingling me. Tingling me. Tingling me. Tingling me. Tingling me. Spider
0: sense tells me some trouble. <laughs> spider sense <laughs> is spider
2: sense is tingling. Anybody else's spider sense tingling? Welcome to Walloping Web Snappers, a Spider Man podcast where we dive into every Spider Man cartoon ever made.
1: I'm Derek. And I'm Doug. And is your spider sense tingling? It is. And, you know, I've never told anybody this before, but. It gives me a rash every time
2: <laughs> to listen to this show. Find us on four dot radio.com and wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is brought to you by revenge lover designs, illustration and design that fit your personality for samples and inquiries. Visit revenge lover.com. Imagine if he really did get a rash every time that spider sense, that would be nightmarish. That'd be
1: terrible. <laughs> Cause it's not like a voluntary thing. Yeah. It's not yeah. like he's choosing to, you know, put up with the rash.
2: Right, and it's like, where's the rash? Like, how widespread Ugh. is it? Oh, I don't even want to think about that. <laughs> so thanks for putting that in my brain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, we're still talking about the MTV Spider-Man series, also called Spider-Man, the new animated series from 2003. Um, we're talking about a Stalker episode. Those are always fun. Yeah. <laughs> not problematic uh, in any way whatsoever, ever. Yeah. You always nail
1: it, right? Yeah, it's it's usually not the type of episode I'm excited about. But Jim Krieg did this terrible thing where he made one that was actually really good. So there's always this little glimmer of hope that something's going to go right, and it almost never does.
2: (laughs) Yeah, well, that one is good. It's so good because of how much of an outlier it is among most stories about stalkers and superhero media, unfortunately. Um, I would argue this one is not one of the good ones. Um, I think we're probably in agreement about that. expected that going into it, to be honest. But there's still, I think there's going to be a lot of interesting to talk about because this episode does do some kind of weird things. I think yeah. it's problematic and uncomfortable in a lot of regards, but it's also like, I feel like weirdly more fun than a lot, than a lot of other episodes, but it's like uncomfortable. Fun. I don't know. It's a weird episode. It's
1: not my least favorite episode. I think yeah. there's enough to yeah. talk about and it does some stuff that's fun, but yeah, it's not, you know,
2: it's not good. Yeah. 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 Right. Sure. Um, the only kind of production stuff I have for it, there's one bit of trivia from the DVD commentary, not the commentary on this episode, because <laughs> um, I don't think that they really talked about this episode much on this uh, episode commentary. So it was on the, from the commentary on another episode earlier that Tracy Forbes, who's this episode's writer, happened to be on, um, and she talked a little bit about this episode because this is the only one that she wrote. But uh, really, the only thing worth noting is that, as written, Christina, who's this episode's villain, was intended to be designed and portrayed as, quote, nerdy and creepy. And then MTV told them, okay, that's fine, but she still has to be hot. And I feel like that probably tells you (laughs) all you need to know (laughs) about how every party approached the character of Christina in this episode, ultimately.
1: Nerdy, creepy, and hot. (laughs) It's also wild because, like, this show benefits from from not doing wildly different body types or facial structures anyway so like she probably would have incidentally been traditionally kind of hot anyway
2: yeah yeah so
1: it it makes me wonder like if they specifically designed her very differently from the other female characters in the show or if it was just like an unnecessary note from mtv being mtv
2: Yeah, probably because it was the writer talking about how she was writing the character. So probably Mm -hmm. unnecessary because it was probably before they'd even designed the character. Yeah, I was probably just wrote in the notes. She's nerdy and creepy. Um, Christina's not going to be Christina's not an unproblematic character. And uh, the creation of her, I think, didn't necessarily start from a great place either. So, yeah, uh, you know, is what it is. Also not surprising for
1: 2003. Interesting though, this is is this only the second woman writer we've talked about? I think so. I think her and Marcia Griffin are the only ones okay that that I, that I know of. That's interesting to me because even though, and we'll get into all the reasons why, even though I don't necessarily like this episode, there are things about it that I like. sure, and once sure. again, again, we'll get into the weeds, but once again, I think the woman writer here has done better than her male counterparts in writing these characters, even if I don't necessarily want these characters to be the way they're written. If that makes sense. If it doesn't, I'll get more into it.
2: I think, I think we'll see as we're walking through it. I think this is one of those cases where it's like, this episode is built on sort of a problematic foundation, especially something that like is only, only gets worse over time as we have better conversations about mental illness and things like that. But, but when you consider what, what they're trying to do, What they're trying to do with Christina and MJ, I think, in this episode, I think, like, I see what they're doing, and I do think that Mm -hmm. they accomplish what they're trying to do. I don't like what they're trying to do in the first place, but in terms of, like, technically speaking, do they accomplish their goals and how they wrote the characters – yeah, I think they kind of nail it in that yeah. regard, honestly. Yeah, I think I
1: think this is going to be an interesting one to talk about, I think especially because I think there are really important separations that need to happen for me mm-hmm. to like tread properly because I think there are some things this episode does really, really well that I enjoy, but it, the only way for me to really be in that space is to separate it from things that yeah. you can't really separate, but like, just because we're talking about how these episodes are put together... And that, that yeah. like you're talking about, how the conversations has, have evolved over time about things that this episode is touching on.
2: Yeah, I'll say it right off the bat. I think Christina is a fun-as-hell character. She's just one that is just aggressively irresponsible. But I can't say I don't kind of enjoy some of the, some of the stuff that they yeah. do with her and the performance of her.
1: You yeah, know? I yeah. agree. I think one thing right off the bat that can come up at any point, so I'll just bring it up now especially because I've, I've struggled so hard to praise the show for a lot of things. Hey, everybody, I'm going to praise something right off the bat. I think that even though the character of Christina is problematic for reasons, we'll dive deeply into, I think the fact that she's there made them explore tones that they have not necessarily previously. And that actually, unfortunately works out really, really well. It just works out at the expense of something they should be tackling with more tact.
2: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So let's let's get into it. Um, yeah, if, if you want to watch this episode along with us, as usual, it's available for digital purchase on Amazon Prime and on DVD. The episode we're talking about of Spider Man: The New Animated Series is episode seven on the DVD and episode six in the airing order. So pretty close to where what it was intended
1: almost got there
2: uh, almost got there uh the episode's called head over heels doug can you do me a big favor you don't have uh-huh. to do this and listeners will know whether or not you do this can you at some point in the podcast or as the end credit song play the tears for fears head over heels song sure because i really like that song and it's been stuck in my head ever since <laughs> okay i've had to talk about this episode <laughs> Anyway, (laughs) the synopsis for IMDb is when Peter's new lab partner, Christina, tries to read his mind with her invention, it damages her brain, causing her to be obsessed with Spider-Man. She will do anything to be with Spider-Man. Nothing will get in her way. Not even MJ. Original air date was July 25th, 2003, and it was written by, like we said, Tracy Forbes. She's an interesting writer on this because she wrote three episodes of Buffy the Vampire Slayer in its fourth season. But the thing about it is that the episode – those three episodes she wrote I think are very fascinating because hmm. two, of the, two of those episodes uh, are Beer Bad and Where the Wild Things Are. And if you're familiar with Buffy, those are like red flags for you because those are two of the worst slash most hated episodes. And I'm not saying that lately. Like if you look at most lists, most of them are going to list those episodes among the top five – a majority of them will list beer bad as the number one worst wow. or, or most hated episode. I don't personally, I think beer bad is a fun episode. That's not, it's not very good, but it's a fun episode, but I understand why a lot of people think it's really bad because it is very preachy and like weirdly it's it's a weird episode where the wild things are. I have a lot less love for. I do think that episode kind of sucks, has a couple of kind of interesting things in it, but mostly really sucks. And it's kind of gross. But she also wrote one of the funniest episodes of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the episode Something Blue, which is, like, a magic episode where, like, everyone is acting all screwy and, like, Buffy falls in love with Spike and, and wants to get married to him. And it's it's a, it's a really funny episode and, like, a really beloved one. Mm-hmm. So, like, <laughs> just runs the gamut <laughs> yeah. of this writer. And then she dipped out after season four. <laughs> so, like, it's very – just a weird resume of episodes. Yeah. Um, and that's like the most notable thing that she did. All the other stuff she wrote on was like shows like Beastmaster, Instant Star and Flashpoint, which are like shows that I've heard of, but like they aren't super you know critically acclaimed shows necessarily and she was the creator of the show cracked that i've never heard of it's unrelated to the magazine and website cracked i don't really know anything about it so
1: but yeah i don't know any of those unfortunately
2: an interesting writer hmm. um really hard to get a read on her voice honestly based yeah. on all of this stuff mm-hmm. <laughs> um and this episode was directed by Van- brandon vietti who's a co-creator of young justice we talked about him on our episode 135 for directing sword of Chicada.
1: And then we mentioned this character already, and we will continue to talk about her plenty. (laughs) This is Christina. She's the character introduced and featured in this episode. She is voiced by Tara Strong, who I'm certain we've mentioned before because she is pretty legendary in the world of voice acting. Uh, She's Raven from Team Titans, Timmy from Fairly Odd Parents, Twilight Sparkle in My Little Pony, Bubbles in Powerpuff Girls, and a bazillion other things, including Mary Jane in Ultimate Spider-Man, which... As of this recording, we still have not begun covering, so we haven't talked about her in depth in this context. Though so I know we've mentioned her in Spider-Man things before. Yeah. And then I think notably for this particular performance, it's worth mentioning that Tara Strong is also known for having voiced Harley Quinn. She took over for somebody, but...
2: Yeah, she wasn't She wasn't Arlene Sorkin. Like, that was right. who did it for a long time, but she started doing it... I know that she started... She took over for Arlene in the Arkham Knight games, but I think... in. I think even before that, she was doing any kind of offshoot, non-animated series Harley Quinn stuff.
1: She didn't originate her, but she is pretty known for doing her in a lot of things. And it's not like it's a wildly, like, it's not like she strays wildly from Arlene Sorkin's originating performance, right? So, like, and the reason I note that is because Harley Quinn is in part, like, her, her voice is in part known for being, like, a Brooklyn accent and this character kind of has some of that it's, and i feel yeah. like she's bringing some of that harley quinn into this character in a way that's hard to ignore based yeah. on what's happening in this episode <laughs> even the way
2: the character is kind of designed mm-hmm. it's sort of like you could see like she kind of could she's kind of the mtv version of harley yeah quinn. it's very funny <laughs> i wouldn't be
1: surprised if they just told her like could you put a little bit of harley quinn on that <laughs> Yeah, right <laughs> it's definitely <Yeah>. there
2: <laughs> which is probably one reason why she's such a fun character because the sure the performance is fantastic i I love her performance in it
1: absolutely there that is not something i can criticize because yeah (laughs) tara strong's gonna deliver (laughs) (laughs) well shall we dive into this yes please okay so this episode opens with peter parker arriving late to class after stopping a burglary
2: i heard that (laughs) zoomy
1: cats galloping about And as the classroom clears out, he learns that 50% of his final grade will rely on a partnered project, and the only person left without a partner is a girl named Christina, who another student named Max, ding, 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 indicates is crazy. He does the whole, like, finger swirl around his temple thing behind her back.
2: Says the guy who has, like, a computer virtual AI of his own face on his computer. Who is his his partner. partner.
1: Yeah yeah
2: okay buddy <laughs>
1: which could have been cool but spoiler alert it's not <laughs> no
2: well we'll have lots to stay about max next week
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah yep but yeah, yeah so peter is stuck with the quote crazy girl in class as his lab partner which right off the bat gave me lots of uh-oh vibes
2: Yeah. Yeah. Random weird thing. The you hear like a quick voiceover of Peter's professor who has like one or two lines. Mm -hmm. It's Jeffrey Combs who's like (laughs) huge in science fiction. He's like a bunch of Star Trek characters. He was the reanimator. He's done a ton of voice acting. Uh, Like he's, he's the question in justice league. Why Jeffrey Combs is here for a line and a half. I don't remember if he's like in the show again later, more significantly. And they just had him do, other, like, you know, a couple of just throwaway lines for this. Maybe, I, I don't remember if that's the case legitimately. But, like, if not, why is Jeffrey Combs in this episode for two lines? I don't get it. He wasn't a no-name actor at this point. He'd done a lot right. of stuff by this point. It's well, weird. and I
1: know it's not the same situation, but, like, we've mentioned this already. Cree Summer will do a professor voice as well. And at least she was around for other characters. But it yeah. is, like, a funny thing. And we, I think we talked about this when we talked about uh vexed by venom there was also uh was it jennifer hale who did like two lines as like (laughs) yeah like a lab scientist or something
2: and then she's in this show too as a reporter (laughs) like it's really it's it's really bizarre
1: uh, i don't know yeah i I would love to know how those things end up happening
2: yeah (laughs) (laughs) so Peter follows christina to her dorm room uh, and she's like, oh yeah, by the way, I have preternatural abilities, and also I'm soulmates with Spider Man. No big deal. No big deal. <laughs> she has a beautiful little scrapbook of Spider Man clippings or uh, Spider Man clippings, newspaper clippings of Spider Man, and it's like she drew Spider Man's face on the on the cover. It's very cute. And Peter's like, oh, that's weird. Peter asks her about her project, and she presents this like helmet like like contraption that she claims gives her the ability to read people's thoughts. Um so it's like an ESP machine basically. Mm-hmm. Um and this is basically her origin villain origin story Mm -hmm. she tries it on peter puts the little electrodes on his head she puts the entire helmet on her head um it's kind of like the helmet that like doc brown has in back to the future um or like in fringe that like i feel like that's a common isn't that like a wasn't that like a real like um ekg machine or something like where they would actually have the giant helmet on people and like screw it in i feel like i have no idea i think it's it's meant to harken back to that except she's made it out of just like household appliances, essentially.
1: Yeah. Well, I feel like that's a thing you see a lot, right? Like the like metal sieve or whatever, or the metal yeah. strainer, like turned upside down into a helmet.
2: Yeah, I'm not gonna argue that it's particularly inspired, uh, no. but I do like that part of her machine. I don't know if you see it here, but you definitely see it later is a toaster that has, like, a couple of, like, microchip panels plugged into
1: it. Well, what I like about it is that it's not (laughs) fancy. You know, like, we've covered some of the 2017 show, and if this were on that show, it would, like, look sleek and cool and be, like, cutting-edge technology. I love that this is just, like, shit stuck on shit. (laughs) I think that's really funny. It is funny,
2: (laughs) yeah, yeah. But, yeah, when she puts the helmet on on herself, Peter's spider-sense tingles, uh, but not because the machine's going to work. It's because it's plugged into an outlet that has just a ridiculous amount of plugs oh in it makes me like glance over to my outlet and I'm like, Oh, maybe I need to do something about this. On my oh end.
1: no. It's not, I'm it's, so it's like... not
2: like her. It's not like hers. It's trust. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I'm better than that, but it is still like, there is still a couple of surge protectors that have a lot plugged in. And I'm like, yeah. I don't it's a surge protector but is it enough? I don't know. At least you've got
1: <laughs> the surge much. protector. She's got like again, shit stuck on shit. It's like yeah. you know, splitters on splitters on splitters.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. So as you would expect, there's a surge because it's like overloading. Since Peter's spider sense tingles, he's able to take the electrodes off in time, but he can't make it to Christina in time before she is fully electrocuted uh by by the surge in her head esp device yeah quite brutally <laughs> it's very brutal yeah
1: i don't remember because next week you like you said we're talking about max dylan but like i know in this one she ends up electrocuted and then it like it i think it blows out her light in her room which like doesn't it like rain sparks on the whole room mm-hmm. and like does she does she actually like ascend in that moment
2: <laughs> like oh, or crazy. is she
1: stuck on the bed the whole time
2: no, she's just she's just on the bed. She doesn't gotcha. actually float or anything. I do wonder like what happens in this scene is that obviously the one implication is that like it made her go crazy and that's what the episode's about. But because her specific form of crazy that they're portraying is related to Spider-Man talking to her, do you think the implication is that because this was initially hooked up to Peter, like she has she did form like a quick like Mm. connection with his brain and that's why spider-man fully dominates like her mind in her like form of psychosis that she has
1: i hadn't thought about that specifically i did i mean i thought about what exactly this was doing in relation to how she was before because they do give you enough before this happens to think to be like suspicious of her attraction to spider-man like it's more they tell you it's more than a crush right it's not like she's just she's like some 19 year old girl who like has a crush on spider-man but knows that it's like a little bit silly to have a crush on a superhero you know what i mean like you can already tell so i had kind of figured that it had it really was just giving her like the the hallucinations and stuff but i hadn't thought about the fact that it could be because she was connected to peter in that moment Right. I don't know. Well, because I will say this, the episode does, it kind of definitively tells us if this thing works, but it also plays with the idea of whether it works or not. Like it doesn't, it, it tells you, here's what it tells you. It tells you that she's not necessarily getting exactly what she wants from this machine, but Mm -hmm. it doesn't tell you that this machine is doing nothing. Yeah. So I think it could be what you're talking about. And I kind of like it actually.
2: Yeah, I think that's kind of – I think that that is kind of a fun idea. And I like – I appreciate that it's ambiguous, you know. Mm -hmm. But yeah, basically what happens is that after this explosion, you know, Christina kicks Peter out of the room uh, because she starts hearing voices in her head. She hears a voice asking, where are you? And so she starts to respond to the voice and imagines that Spider-Man is speaking to her through the photos of Spider-Man in her scrapbook. Uh, and he asks her, are you ready to do everything I say in order for them to be together? She thinks that Spider-Man is talking to her, basically. And that's where kind of the stalker side of the story comes from. Yeah. One thing I like about how they I, – I, I do like the creativity of Spider-Man talking through, her, talking to her through the newspaper clippings. Mm-hmm. And I love the like sort of fisheye lens thing that they do with him when he's talking to her. (laughs) Yeah, it's and it's funny because that's like that is a mainframe thing because Beast Wars and I think I was going to say this reminds me
1: so heavily of those two shows. Yeah,
2: because they did this kind of stuff all the time. Anytime they wanted to have someone feeling weird or have a dream sequence, that is one hundred percent what they would do. And like. This show doesn't often feel like mainframe just because it's so distinct and but then when they do this it's like oh yeah this is made from the exact same cloth.
1: Yeah, it's not as, trying as to like it's not trying to avoid reminding you that it's them. You know what I mean? <laughs> You're just not yeah. always thinking about it.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure.
1: Yeah, I like that. I like that aspect of it. And I actually think like like I mentioned, I think that because they have unfortunately because they are not treating this character with a whole lot of respect, And because they're treating her like she's silly and goofy and crazy, they do have a lighter tone to a lot of the episodes surrounding her and surrounding Peter. And when they're not being just like blatantly irresponsible about how they're treating Christina... I do think they have a lot of fun. I think it's very fun what they do with Spider-Man's animation when he's a hallucination, like you're talking yeah. about. I think that the character of Christina is really fun when they're not having her be crazy. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Um, and I think this the scene in the bedroom, just how they dress her set um i think is very cool with her posters and with all of her knickknacks on her desk and all that kind of stuff and then just the way she talks to people is so different than the way other characters in the show talk to each other it's a little bit like indie in that they're allowed to have energy they're allowed to care about stuff they're not just like apathetic or like full of ennui like they're actually they like have something that they care enough about to talk to people about and i think that's fun the show needs a little bit more of that
2: <laughs> I was yeah I was just gonna make the indie comparison too it is the it is a very it's not the same energy as indie but it's a similar no. one in how distinct it is and just sort of like fast and fun and yes and witty in a way that the show oh my gosh it never is ever otherwise. I know I welcome <laughs> I
1: welcome the speed of these characters indie it's 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 much better because it's not at the expense of indie in this case it's like at the expense of Christina where it's like we're gonna make her talk fast because she's wackadoo you know right, but it ends up. Right. It still ends up being kind of refreshing it's unfortunate because you have to like separate those things and you kind of can't but yeah. um, it still ends up being refreshing i'll say this sometimes yeah. after i've watched the episodes already and i'm just like refreshing my memory or whatever i will i don't know how you're gonna feel about this but i will sometimes watch them at a higher speed just to like you know oh you know what i could i could fit in one of these like before we start just to remind myself what happened
2: that doesn't make me mad because you've already watched it it's not like your first time experiencing it is it like double speed or whatever but
1: i I will say this this show sometimes benefits from a little like kick in the pants (laughs) I could see. And I'm that. not saying anyone has to do that because I know people have very strong feelings. I don't, clearly. Uh, but sometimes this show benefits because sometimes people are just talking so slow on this show. Yeah.
2: Normally, <laughs> I would say you're a bad person. But in this case, I don't, especially like next week's episode, they need to speed some of that shit up next week uh, for the episode that comes after this, personally. But like, yeah, I, I think this show, yeah, yep, yep. It's a slow paced show. And this mm-hmm. episode isn't really this episode is actually i think a little more breezy in in its pacing at least relative to the rest of this show and i think because christina can just pack so much into any given scene that she's in you know
1: Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely it's just that speed it's so refreshing yeah a character who's allowed to actually like banter
2: yeah. I also think I know we have a lot of the episode to talk about, but like it this obviously is such a crux point for where things, you know, sort of go. Mm-hmm. I, I think that Christina as a character is also really fascinating because there are so many superhero villains, Spider-Man villains, but also Superman, vi- super, vil- super villains in general that, you know, we've talked about it on the show before where it's like their origin story is like they get superpowers and then also go mad, and then that's why they're a villain, and they go crazy. But they have superpowers, so you can kind of ignore the crazy part because there's a fantastical element of them getting superpowers. And with Christina, it's sort of like, I think it sort of exposes what that what's really kind of happening with those type of stories because you kind of remove the fantastical element. She still has a villain origin story where she gets electrocuted and shit, but she doesn't get superpowers. She just gets the they've gone mad part of it and when you sort of isolate that it's it feels very different you know like it feels so different yeah. than just than just like doc got oh, got was it an explosion yeah and it drove him crazy with his metal arms when it's just like no this is just a woman with brain damage who needs help and right. it feels weird to be treating her like a villain you know yeah
1: Yes, absolutely. So even though they don't set out to do that necessarily, or if they do, certainly don't do it right, it does that regardless, right? Like it yeah. highlights the fact that like that's a lot of the time what we're doing with villains. Yeah,
2: yeah, and it's <laughs> a different lot of the time, for, right? Because it's like I mean, you even I, I think like because you can compare. I think like sometimes pretty good jokers to maybe like jokers that aren't very good, and I think sometimes jokers are just like it's a guy who went crazy. <laughs> That's it. But then other times I think it's sort of like, it's a guy who kind of uses his particular mental illness as an excuse to do bad things. Like, and I think that there's some nuance to that, but oftentimes with a lot of supervillains, most supervillains, and in kind of, in this case, there isn't any nuance. It's just like, they weren't crazy before and now they're crazy. And being crazy means that you're evil and that's where it stops.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's so weird i i i uh I, I don't know i feel so compelled to to point this out like crazy is not a word i use very much but i feel yeah. like in this particular episode it's so obvious that they're trying to be like right. isn't she crazy right that it's so hard not to well to it's sort of all... just like use the sort of nomenclature that they're clearly using in the room you know
2: and it when it intentionally comes with all of the the kind of connotation that mm-hmm. and and the sort of baggage that the reason that that's, that's a word that I think like culturally we're trying to like stop using so much is because of all the baggage that that's attached to it. And like what the way that people use crazy is always like highly negative and, Mm -hmm. you know, and yeah. And, but in this case, like that is what they mean. She's crazy because crazy equals bad. (laughs) That's yeah. That's literally what they're doing. You know? Yeah. I, I,
1: I think, christina is interesting and christina uh just needs like you said a little bit of help uh and guidance
2: (laughs) i think if they had this character in a show that treated her with some compassion and actually made that sort of question of like well what makes her different from other supervillains that i've fought like i think if you sort of hone that in as the center of a story it could be really compelling and actually have some really interesting things to say about like supervillain narratives in general yeah um like conversations that i think are elements that are part and parcel to the whole genre that i think that are uncomfortable to talk about because it kind of is so unfortunately part of the foundation of of superheroes in general you know
1: yeah for sure for sure well (laughs) shortly after he leaves christina's dorm room peter meets up with mj and they have a, a uh, what's surprised me uh, in its in its candidness conversation about transitioning from friends to being in a romantic relationship, like quite directly, and I I, I want to say because it's going to be a big part of this whole episode, it it was really helpful for me for them to be so direct in this moment for this episode. I think it helps me like have clear sort of impressions. And like takeaways from this episode, but it confuses everything else in the series. And I, I think I have very different feelings about this storyline. That's, 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 uh, being born right in this moment in the show. When I think about it just in this episode versus when I think of it in the whole series Um, and maybe that'll make, maybe that makes sense now. Maybe it'll only make sense later, but they're having this really candid relationship about if we're going to go from being friends to being more than that, here's what we need to do. And MJ is saying all this and Peter is seemingly understanding all this to some degree, to enough of a degree to not be like totally confused or be like, what are you talking about? You know what I mean? Like he seems to, he's sort of scared of the conversation, but it's not that he, doesn't understand what she's saying which sometimes seems to have been the case um in previous conversations
2: yeah yeah and and it i mean i think it works in the context of this episode but yeah yes it does not clarify anything else yes before or after it they're just i mean they're they're written as people who are better at communicating in this episode than they are in any other episode which is so funny because their entire subplot is about like that they feel like they don't communicate with each other very well. Mm -hmm. And it's like, this is literally the first time that you two have ever communicated in any way, (laughs) the entire show. (laughs) Well, I,
1: I still think it's a, it's an interesting coincidence that this episode is written by a woman. And the last episode that I really praised the dialogue and like, uh, especially dialogue for specific characters and how they respond to each other was also written by a woman. Cause I think sure. even though they talk about not communicating very much and we know, you know what their previous communication has been in other episodes. I think she does a good job writing them as characters who maybe talk a lot, but don't communicate deeply. It's sure. not just that they're saying yeah. it. I think they actually do a good job showing that you know like i think the way peter reacts to things the way that mj tries to explain things seemingly for the first time in the way that she's explaining them is awkward and does sort of say like we've known each other for so long that it's almost weird for me to bring this up now like this almost might be easier if we didn't know each other for so long i think that kind of comes through
2: yeah no i agree with you i mean and that's a common thing right like i feel like i've had people that i've known for a long time where it's just like, do they actually even know me that well? Even though we talk mm-hmm. all the time, you know, like it's almost like a coworker kind of relationship that that they sort of have. And I think it makes sense for MJ to just be like, let's actually like really get to know each other because we're yeah. already e- even we're already like supposedly close friends.
1: You yeah. Know? And I actually, in this episode, in just the context of this episode, and I'll have more to say about how they actually treat MJ by the end of this episode. But for the purposes of this episode, I actually do like this little subplot they're setting up because Mm. what MJ proposes is like, okay, we need to get to know each other better. If we're going to be more than friends, here's how we're going to do it. We're going to write each other these daily notes and we're going to tell each other something personal. And that's going to be the way that we start to like break down some of those walls. And whether you think that's a good idea or a bad idea, I don't think necessarily matters for whether this is effective. I think it works in a MJ and Peter situation, especially when Peter's bad at communicating because yeah. he doesn't know how to say, like, that's not going to work. And so he just sort of, right. like, rolls with it until it blows up. <laughs> I think that yeah. works in a Peter Parker. I think that would work for a lot of Peter Parkers.
2: I agree. Yeah. <laughs> Remember when Mary Jane ran off crying because Peter was kissing another girl and then yep. they were supposed to go to a kind of date?
1: <laughs> yeah. And I thought she was never going to come back.
2: I just think it's funny because this is the episode after that. So, okay.
1: (laughs) One thing that really helped me is at some point in a previous conversation, we talked about Spider-Man and his amazing friends. And I know these shows are very different and I know that they're doing very different things and they are trying to do very different things. But if I sort of remind myself of how weird it was sometimes for those characters to inconsistently define their relationships with each other, Mm -hmm. it kind of helps me... With this show, because even if the show isn't meaning to do that, it's still doing it. So it's yeah. helping me like break it into like individual stories that they're telling as opposed to like the one long serialized story, because yeah. I kind of just accepted this show isn't good at that,
2: you know? Yeah. And
1: yeah. I, I accept that so much more readily with something like amazing friends or the 60 show or whatever. I just wasn't expect the learning curve was different or was unexpected. I should say, because I wasn't expecting to have to do that with a show in 2003 yeah. But now I I'm kind of there. It makes it a little bit easier for me to be like, okay, in this episode, here's where they're at.
2: Yeah, you can just assume that there's some off screen stuff. She dealt with it, they had a talk, they're over it. And this you could even say as a result of all of that of her being like, Well, let's let's try something else because what I did before didn't work and ended catastrophically I'm over that now, so let me try another thing to get us to get closer now that we've sorted that stuff out. It's never mentioned and we don't see it, any of it, but you know, you just have to just kind of roll with it.
1: I don't even, I don't even think about bridging the episodes anymore. I just, it's like starting at square one. Like, and and that's probably, again, that's probably not what they want me to be doing, but I think it's to their benefit for me to do that. It's what helps me enjoy amazing friends. It's what helps me enjoy, you know, other shows that are like super episodic yeah and it's it's helping me here you know i just yeah, say yeah. where are they at right here at the beginning of this episode and let's roll with that <laughs>
2: yeah and it works they were aired out of order anyway so right. like to hell with continuity yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah the only thing i would have mentioned from this one scene is uh peter does refer to christina as a lab partner from sunnydale it's a buffy yeah. reference F- fun considering who's the writer of this episode thought yeah. that was a fun little call out
1: that was a delight i did have to look that up because i'm not very familiar with with buffy references outside of like the main character's names Mm -hmm. uh and i i thought that was delightful i know you enjoy that yeah i like it (laughs) (laughs) well uh brief little scene here at christina's dorm her vision of spider-man prompts her to find spider-man by putting herself in danger basically she's like well i we're meant to be together so how do i connect with him and her hallucination of spider-man says you know what does what does he do? Where's he where is he always? When do people see him the most? That's right, when he's saving people.
2: Yep, yep, yep. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. 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 So elsewhere uh, Peter talks to Harry about MJ's suggestion, and Harry's an, initial advice is uh, "get out, get out while you still can." This he is your Harry friend, sucks Harry. Sucks so much. Also, like, I don't understand because I know we were just talking about not paying attention to continuity or whatever, but like, there have been so many episodes where Harry is clearly trying to get Peter and MJ together. Yeah, like, <laughs> and now he's just like, "Well, no, now it's too real." Like, come on, Harry, yeah. what, what's, well, what's your deal?
1: I do think it's like I think that it is. It's just Harry being like that worst version of a ball and chain dude, you know, where it's like, oh, girls, though. Am I right? Like, (laughs) forget that one. Plenty more fish in the sea, bro. Like, I think he's I don't think it's I don't think he's giving serious advice here, but it doesn't make it less eye rolly because it's like MJ's your friend. And like you want them to get together. So like you could have just foregone the joke and been helpful like you're about to be.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Because he does like give him real advice after that. Surprisingly
1: good advice.
2: Yeah, because he says that if uh, if Peter wants MJ to be his girlfriend, which Peter agrees to wanting.
1: Right. This was so interesting to me. Harry yep. explicitly asks him, "You do want her to be your girlfriend, right?" Yeah. And and Peter says, "Yeah." But but I think it's I, let's finish this. What they yeah. talk about, and yes. then I have more to say yes. on that.
2: Yeah. So Peter's like, yeah, I do want to be my girl, my girlfriend. And so Harry's like, well, in that case, you need to write how you feel about MJ on your note, because that's probably kind of why she's actually having this happen. That's probably what she actually wants to see from mm-hmm. your note.
1: Which is really good and
2: very direct. And, and-, and how romantic would that be if like you had this little conversation and then the secret that he gives her is that I've like I've loved you for years or something. That would be so sweet sure
1: i mean it's like i i it's, harry says it like it is it's it's literally what she's asking you to do and yeah. i think harry is coming from the place of like it's obvious bro just do the thing that she wants which is like okay you can question where harry's coming from but if that's what peter wants that is actually the thing to do like that is actually yeah. good advice yeah so like it, he's got all the he's got all the information he needs what i find so interesting about this again the fact that harry asks him specifically do you want mary jane to be your girlfriend or rather the way he asks you do want her to be your girlfriend right and peter agrees to it this to me is especially fascinating because we've talked about how to read this peter parker's behavior towards girls and relationships and attraction and stuff like that and it's it's gotten to a point now where we're however many episodes into the show we're more than halfway through this this show, and it's it's kind of transformed from a frustration to me to like a fascination to me where it's like, how can I read this Peter Parker in a way that makes sense? And we kind of touched on different readings that I think are we you know are all very valid and it's I think because we get us one little scene later in this episode of Peter with Indy. I think in this episode, the reading is kind of what maybe, I don't know, I think you brought this up at one point. Mm -hmm. I think it could be like Peter thinks he wants or has, has wanted for so long that he thinks he still wants for MJ to be his girlfriend. Like, that is the goal. It was his goal a long time ago, and it's it's almost like an inactive, passive goal at this point. He's not even thinking critically about it anymore. He's not, like, examining his feelings on the situation. It's just, like, a thing that he knows he's wanted for a long time, probably mm-hmm. largely because he couldn't have it for however long. Sure. And now it's, like, an actual possibility, and it's I don't even know if it's really what he wants anymore. It's just, like, the goal, right? <laughs> like, it's just yeah. it's just what this horny boy's goal or maybe not horny boy. I, I, I think there's something to be, there's something to be examined there, but like the way he answers, Harry is so like, yeah, of course, yeah, of course I want her to be my girlfriend. It almost comes across as somebody in high school who's being asked if they want to date the popular girl and responding before actually thinking about the person they're being asked about. It's like, well, Well, of course I would want, of course I would want Sally to be my girlfriend. She's the most popular girl in class. It's like, but do you even like Sally? It's like, well, that's not the question you asked me.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Well, and even, well, I'm asking you now,
1: do you even like Sally?
2: (laughs) Even when Harry asks him like point blank, like, what do you feel about her? Yeah. What would you write on the note? And Peter's like, I feel good about her. Really good. And it's like, that's not what you say about someone that you've been in love with for years. That's yeah. Just, that's not And Harry <laughs> even
1: kind of pointed it out, you know? like So I think it's, it's fascinating to me because it almost presents the situation where like, and I don't think this is what they're getting into, but I think all you can do is, is read it however you want and read it in ways that make sense to you. It almost feels like this examination of like a boy who's attracted to kind of this trophy girl. Because he's supposed to be, or because he was for so long that he thinks it's the right person for him to pursue, even though. I don't, I don't think that he's really that into her. <laughs> yeah,
2: especially when you have Indy on the scene too, and exactly between them. And in the one scene they have in this oh episode, my God. that isn't even meant to be necessarily romantic, or they even have so necessary
1: much... to the episode. Like yeah, I don't it's, even it's, think it has to be there.
2: No, it's it. Yeah, it does nothing to the plot. It's just like to see the the chemistry between the two.
1: <laughs> and what's funny is I I said at one point when we were talking about the show early on, like I don't know if I'm gonna be able to buy the chemistry between any characters on the show because everybody is just kind of stiff and weird and their body language isn't exactly where it needs to be so it's going to be hard to convince me i take that back peter and indy have like actual chemistry on screen that is readable (laughs) yeah and it's it's right there so it's fascinating this whole thing is fascinating to me i really want this show to be you know, the episode we talked about, uh, two weeks ago, maybe, yes, um, yes. that I was like head over heels over the one that Marsha wrote, um, ah, head over heels. <laughs> oh, oh, that was, stu- I hate that. I just did that. Um, <laughs> some, some part of my brain knew, knew what I was doing, but the conscious part didn't, um, That's hilarious. but, uh, but I want this show to be that. And I feel like this, this little moment I, I I wish they could expand on so much more because I feel like it would fit perfectly into that weird, messy teenage, like, yeah. just you interpersonal really relationship want. mess. Yeah. yeah.
2: You just you you think you know what you want, you but you don't really know what you yeah. want because your brain isn't necessarily fully yeah. formed, and you still got your hormones going. Even though he's he's a freshman in college, he's still got the hormone shit going on. He hasn't had enough life. Experience, I mean, maybe a lot of parts
1: through it. That's the he thing. Is, know. Like, I'm not even. I'm still not even convinced that this Peter Parker's necessarily much of a sexual being because I feel like sure. he just doesn't know. I, it, he feels yeah. to me like somebody who is just like operating in a world where everybody's talking about this th- everybody's like you know what i mean right and he's just sort of like yeah totally but it doesn't read like he actually knows what they're talking about yeah. i think he has a spark in chemistry with indy but it doesn't feel like horny energy you know sure, but i sure. also don't yeah. get horny energy from him for mj either like he's he's pretty pretty unhorny in this show most yeah. of the time and so, it, it, I don't know. I think that probably plays a little bit into that sort of not knowing what he wants, but I don't know. It's, it's, I, that's where I want this to go. I want it to go in a direction where he learns that MJ is not actually what he wants, even though he's thought that it's what he wanted for so long or used to want. And he realizes Indy is actually like, right for him i'm like major shipping peter and indian in this show yeah oh um,
2: i do too i think that they're great
1: <laughs> i think they're great and we've only seen a little bit of them that my concern is that just the show isn't great at serialization and so much was aired out of order although we are watching things in the intended order so it could play out a little bit better than the way they were aired mm-hmm. um but the fact that they could even be aired out of order is a concern you know what i mean so sure, yeah, i don't know that, yeah. that's what i want but you know I, i'm not in a place to make demands from the show. Certainly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, anyway, that was a lot stuff. to say about that very little moment, but it was a, I thought it was a really fascinating moment.
2: Well, Yeah. I mean, this whole episode about relationship stuff. So yeah, I mean, totally. like, you know, Peter's relationship with the women in his life, like that, that's what it's all about. So it makes mm-hmm. sense to dig into it really deeply. Kind of, kind of ask you to. So, yeah. Yeah. So after Harry hops in a cab, uh, Peter's alone and then his spider sense goes off alerting him to nearby danger, which turns out to be Christina throwing herself off the roof of a skyscraper. Good God. I mean, you know what? Is this really that uncommon with superhero stuff? No. Not really. Women throw themselves off of skyscrapers all the goddamn time. Doesn't even just it doesn't make it good. <laughs>
1: yeah, no, it doesn't make it good. Um, it doesn't make uh, it any more problematic than the next show, though.
2: No. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so Spidey of course suits up to save her. Uh, he catches her and Christina does admit to him that she did throw herself off the building on purpose to prove Spidey would save her. And Spider-Man's like, holy shit what what like he's pissed at her well yeah rightfully so and uh he's like what do you think we're soulmates or something like oh saying big it der- mistake buddy because he says it derisively and like sarcastically and she's like yes exactly you're you're the one who's been talking to me we, we're in each other's heads we're really soulmates it's mm-hmm. true and spider-man's like no we don't know each other this is ridiculous you're crazy and then you know thwips off
1: basically yeah. I like most of this. I don't like it it gets to a point where he's, he's kind of an asshole to her, but I I get why he's upset. And so I don't think it's necessarily like written from an unbelievable place. So this is one of those instances where it's like, I don't like your behavior, Peter, but for the story, I get what you're doing here. Mm -hmm. Um, What I like about this explicitly is that they have Spider-Man who is Peter Parker kind of make a mistake in saying something he heard her say about yeah. Spider-Man when he was Peter Parker in saying, what are, what do you think we're soulmates or something? Which he says derisively, but, but like she would have no idea why Spider-Man would say that. Like, I think that's really clever, actually. Yeah, I think it's used really, really well. He's being mean, but it's used really, really well in the, in the context of the story.
2: Yeah, for sure. I agree. And
1: I like, even though he's mean, I like that he's very direct about it. Like, we are not soulmates. We do not know each other this is not what should be happening stop doing what you're doing
2: <laughs> yeah, a lot of the stuff he says is the right stuff to say in that right. situation to just sort of like sever the link right yeah. off the bed and nip it in the bud
1: right he's just not um, saying it in the most productive way <laughs> right,
2: right Right. and he kind of just goes off and and I think that and there's just a distinct lack of compassion for someone that like if you're someone who is willing to throw yourself off of a building yeah for someone else like well you there's something else going on there that you need to address so if
1: there is one thing that's consistent about the show though it's that this peter parker is not good at that stuff that's he is not a very he's not at a point in his superheroing and i don't think he'll get to that point in this series in particular but if we're going to look at the character that they're writing especially if we're going to find consistencies because a lot of a lot of the characterization of these these characters is not consistent if there's something that's consistent it's that he's just not good at the compassion part of being a superhero yet um which is a problem I don't love it for my superheroes, um, but it's consistent, you know, it it fits with this, this Spider-Man not understanding that you can't just save people in the moment. There's like more to it. Like he's not seeing that he doesn't see villains in this show as like full human beings with like motives and problems and desires and like faults and stuff, Mm -hmm. um, which they could do really cool stuff with. They don't in this one. <laughs> yeah. They they don't in others. No, he doesn't um,
2: really learn shit most of the yeah. time. He doesn't but really you could, learn anything.
1: <laughs> but you could see them building a lot off of that if if yeah. if this went on longer. And so it's it's not out of character for him to be like this. I guess is all I'm saying.
2: Well, and 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 both Spider Man and Peter, both sides of him are kind of as socially awkward as a show like this would let him be without yeah. like saying that he's a total nerd or whatever. He he very explicitly I think doesn't operate well in like tense social situations Mm -hmm. and often doesn't say the right thing. Um, I do think that's pretty consistent with him. And I think that that does extend to being a superhero and not really knowing the best way to handle delicate situations when you're not just punching somebody.
1: You know what it is? It's kind of like he is a Peter Parker who has, I think a pretty realistic, like locking up over certain things that make him anxious or certain things he doesn't know how to handle. Um, but in this particular case, putting on that mask doesn't like wash all of that away. Like in a lot of, a lot of Spider-Man properties, it's like, when I put this mask on, I feel empowered or I feel whatever. And then they kind of explore that difference between, you know, which is the mask and who is who and all that sort of stuff. This show's not really dealing with that interplay. So whatever his sort of like, whatever his sort of, um, uh, like flaws i guess i I don't want to say they're flaws because they're like normal things for a person to experience like they don't just go away when he puts on the suit
2: yeah well and that's i mean if this is coming right off of the raimi movies and or the raimi the first raimi movie and like i do think that that movie doesn't really do that either Mm -hmm. like there isn't a huge differentiation like could because that spider-man isn't written to be terribly quippy or anything like that like yeah Peter Parker is pretty stoic. Spider-Man's pretty stoic, and I think that if you're you're kind of coming off of that, I I do think that they're mm-hmm. they're kind of extending that to this too.
1: Yeah, makes sense.
2: So, on her way back to her room, Christina asks her Spider-Man hallucination uh how else she can find him, and he curtly tells her to figure it out. Even the fake Spider
1: Man is mean to her. <laughs> I like though that Neil yeah. Patrick Harris is acting her hallucination of Spider Man differently than he acts even himself being mean to her.
0: Yeah, like it feels yeah.
1: different, it, and it felt different from the jump. Like it's it's made very clear that this is like this is not Spider Man. I mean, and you know that you know that right off the bat. But even just the yeah. the performance is different.
2: Yeah, no, I agree. It's it's really good. I I like him yeah. as the I like him in this. What do you think of like? some of the stereotypical things they do with her where like they give her a bunch of like eye twitches and nosebleeds. And yeah. it's like this, this shrine literal shrine in her closet yeah. to Spider-Man. Like that's very mm. clearly, you know, it's very tropey and very much just yeah. like, I think, you know, it's not particularly inspired or anything. It's it's <laughs> not
1: inspired. I think it is. It's, I think in a less progressed conversation about how to portray some of these mental health things in media, especially ones that aren't setting out to explore them or examine them. I think it's just, it's, it's in the category of shorthanding, but I think the conversation is at a, is at a point where it's like, it's irresponsible to shorthand this stuff. You shouldn't do that. Like that's reducing things to something that's not, not helpful. And so I think some of the things that she does and some of the things she says and some of the ways she talks even are Mm. actually great. I think it's great that they're in there. But other things like the eye twitching, I think the way that other people look at her and then she responds to her might not be unrealistic, but I don't know is helpful necessarily because we're supposed to side with the onlookers, not her. Yeah. Um, so I think it, it's weird because I think they're incidentally doing some things. Okay. As like an examination of how somebody like this is treated and viewed and some things they're doing a shorthand, which ends up being problematic, like the eye twitching and whatnot, the yeah. nosebleed. I'm a little, I'm, I'm a little, I don't really know what to think of the nosebleed. I don't like it just personally. Cause I don't like, I don't like nose like nosebleeds. I just <laughs> nose stuff grosses me out in general. Yeah. So like that's hard for me. But that's just a personal thing. Yeah. But um, it's also
2: I think it's I think that one at least. Works for me more as a signal yeah. that like she had, she really did get damaged by yes. the accident yes. at the beginning. And these are sort of the results of that. Yeah. But then, and I think that would have been enough. I think throwing in the eye twitch too, I feel like is kind of, right I don't know. And it's not like it escalates to that. It's not like she's like, getting progressively worse or anything either necessarily yeah. with that. Like they just kind of throw it in when they want to. Yeah. You
1: know? Well, it's like the nosebleed isn't, isn't, I don't think somebody please correct me if I'm wrong, but the nose re- the nosebleed doesn't feel like it is playing on something rooted in reality that yeah. that is that is sort of ridiculed or torn down by portrayals like this. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, it feels like physical damage, which I think is important. The yeah. eye thing just feels like it's it's um, capitalizing on like actual physical ticks and stuff like that that have that really don't have any association necessarily with what she's doing you know (laughs) like or what she's going through how she's um like how things are manifesting for her as like this you know not really super villain but um as the the main antagonistic force in this
2: yeah definitely so they
1: i I don't know i and that's you know somebody somebody many people out there are smarter than me about like where that stuff might be coming from or how it might affect people but that's my sort of like uneducated reaction to some of these individual things
2: yeah definitely definitely
1: at least they don't go like you know, you said they don't escalate to this point, but at least they don't escalate much further because I can only imagine how much worse it would get if they really, like, escalated some of her physical manifestations. Like, yeah, uy, uy.
2: Uh, yeah. <laughs> yep.
1: <laughs> not, that, not that that's, you know, good that they do this, but it's. I guess it's good they don't go further.
2: No, I mean, it, it still could have been a lot worse, you yeah. know? So, yeah.
1: That's not great. It's not great. Oh, you know what I didn't point out? This is uh, This is not... This doesn't matter. But because you brought up the nosebleed thing, this is why I noticed it. They flip her model, I think, a lot. Really? <laughs> R- really. And I ha- I'd weird. have to think about this. She's not looking in a mirror when she's talking to Spider-Man. So it's not like they're doing a mirrored effect. But huh. early on in the episode when she's in her dorm room by herself, her and, – and you have. To, it's wild to me that they did this because she has an eyebrow piercing. Right. And she has a nosebleed, which are two asymmetrical features on her face and it ends up flipping at points in her in her dorm room and it's, it was really noticeable to me cuz like again i don't like nose ble- like nose stuff so i was like noticing it really really hard
2: <laughs> oh that's funny i totally that to- I totally missed it that's yeah. so funny
1: i only confirmed it and the nosebleed wouldn't have been a big deal cuz it's like i don't know you could bleed out of wherever but like uh, <laughs> but when i i mean i don't know if you're bleeding out of your nose you're bleeding out of your nose but like but because of that i looked at her eyebrow piercing and that flipped too Oh, I don't, so what's funny. funny is I don't think that ever happened with Indy. Indy has her nose pierced, and I don't feel like they ever... They ever like uh, switched Yet, her model? I don't up. know. We'll yeah, see. Yeah. We still have
2: a few episodes left.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it could still happen. And now I'm going to be looking for it. But
2: yeah, I'm going to be looking for it too. I didn't. You know, I never even really thought about it because I'm. I mean, I've seen it happen on cartoons, but I feel sure. like on other TV cartoons. But I guess it's slightly less likely than it might be on this one because they are the physical models. Right. You know? that,
1: well, that's what's so strange to me is like they've built a model in virtual space. Like they're not. They're not drawing the model into the frame. They're literally. Yeah, I mean, I simplifying it. They're dragging and dropping it, but like yeah the model's built the asset is is there (laughs) so they would have to flip the the frame for some reason or or i don't know
2: weird very very (laughs) strange i just thought it was funny it was really funny
1: hello amazing friends we just wanted to take a quick moment to thank our spectacular and up patrons bo eric steve carl katie mike and lillian
2: if you would like to support our show too our way of saying thanks is by giving you lots of cool spidey goodies you'll have early access to all our episodes including our amas where we answer your burning questions about anything and everything. And we mean everything.
1: If you join us at our $5 spectacular level, you get to hear us let loose and talk about wackier stuff in our After Dark commentaries or our movie commentaries, where we watch every single Spidey-related theatrical film, from the Raimi films to Amazing Spider-Man to Spider-Verse, Venom, Avengers Endgame, and more.
2: And at our amazing tier, we'll invite you to
1: be a guest on our show. That's right, you. You all make our show better, whether it's by sending us Word Snappers words, making us fan art, joining our Discord community, or just listening to us every week. This is our way of saying thank you for supporting this show and inspiring us to dip into media even we didn't realize was on our radar.
2: Whatever tier you opt into, thank you so much. Whether you're an avid listener or just stopping by, we appreciate you. From your friendly neighborhood podcasters, thank you.
1: Well, I love, love... Genuinely love and wish we got more of this. This is one of the things about this episode that I wish we had translated into other episodes. Love this next scene. We get a montage of Peter stressing out over what secret to tell Mary Jane while he's superheroing around town. So while he's like casually saving a car from plummeting off the bridge, he's wondering if telling her that taking a bath used to give him a rash is a good idea. And we get like a (laughs) couple of these little scenes like stopping a mugging but barely paying attention to the mugging because he's wondering if maybe telling her that he had to take his driver's license test twice is enough of a deep secret. Like, this was very funny to me. I thought this was really great, and I wish we would get more of this. And this has nothing to do with Christina, so it's like, it's not even necessarily the type of thing that only exists because they were treating christina sort of goofily you know
2: yeah well yeah it doesn't have to do with christina but it also is like thematically related like but i i like that both the mj and christina plots and this is playing into the mj plot are about like peter dealing with two different women who are trying to sort of like get figure to know him, him. Out. figure him out yeah. yeah but just like for different reasons and in different ways um and one is peter parker and one is spider-man like i think that that's really intelligently done so like even though this is explicitly for the sub the relationship subplot with mj mm-hmm. like it still plays into the idea of someone trying to kind of get into his head and, and, and everything you know
1: yeah it's also funny for us because we get to see how like just scrambled his thought process about this whole like secret thing is especially when Harry explicitly told him this is why she's doing this. Peter. She wants yeah. you to tell her how she wants you to tell her how you feel. And he's like, yeah. what if I told her about my driver's license test? Like, like what are you doing? such an
2: opportunity, man. Dummy.
1: Yeah. Dummy, <laughs> but oh, funny. Boy. Yeah. It's very funny. <laughs> I also love the one where he's uh, he's like, this actually wouldn't have been a bad one for him to share, honestly, where he's like, I'm worried that deep down I'm actually super boring. I was like, Oh okay, start there. <laughs> Yeah, that's it's not necessarily what she's looking for, but it is like a deep concern of yours, clearly. Like, that's sort yeah. of an existential thing you could share, <laughs> and
2: that's it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think, and that's real for him, too, right? Because if, if, yeah, his interior life is Spider Man, like, what else is there? Like, mm-hmm. he, like, he likes photography, like, what else is there to him? You know, I think that's yeah. a real concern, and it would be a good conversation starter. So, yeah, offer that up to her, dude. Yeah. Come on,
1: and it comes up again later in the episode, which is really cool.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, back on campus, Christina sees a news story that credits Peter Parker for the new footage or from, for some new footage of Spider-Man. Cause we know that, that Peter has been bringing Indy, um, this like video footage. Uh, she then overhears an interaction between Mwang, the coffee shop guy and Max, uh, where moyang remembers max's coffee order and max remarks that moyang's memory uh, for 200 or 20,000 students is amazing, which is true. You know, <laughs> like it's pretty incredible, yeah. Yeah. but I love this because what she draws from this is okay. Peter Parker could get me close to Spider-Man, but how do I get close to Peter Parker? Oh, the coffee guy probably knows Peter Parker. Cause he seems to know everybody. So she asks moyang like where, if, if Peter Parker has been by recently, and he doesn't know about Peter Parker, but he knows about Peter Parker's roommate and says, I just saw Harry. And he went that way. Yeah, This is clever.
2: <laughs> it's good writing. Yeah, it's, it it's good fun writing. Yeah, I like it.
1: They don't necessarily treat her with a whole lot of respect all the time, but, sure. but just the plotting of things is actually pretty good for this show. Yeah. You know? And again,
2: very breezy and it integrates these like side characters like, you yeah. know. Max Dillon, that's going to ring a bell for you, right? You know he's somebody yeah. who's going to be somebody. And Muang actually, like, sets up a yeah. joke
1: for later. So, like, yeah. it's good. It's, <laughs> this show hasn't done a whole lot with the exception of Indy. But Indy indie was introduced to us in an episode that featured Indy. You know, like, yeah. this show hasn't done a good job or or hasn't cared to, I guess. I don't know. Give us characters in a way that builds, you know what I mean? So the fact that we get max here when max is not the feature of the story and you can assume who he's going to be. And then the fact that Moang isn't somebody you're meant to think about, but then kind of comes up later is really remarkable for this show.
2: (laughs) Mm -hmm. I like it. Yeah. 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 So, at the campus library, Peter meets up with m j for their first note exchange. By the way, she's reading Romeo and Juliet because of course she is of course also
1: <laughs> um Christina was reading psychology one o one in the in the class where where Peter met up with her for the first time <laughs> you know just some light reading, just some light reading <laughs> in um, the in the undefined science class where they have to do an experiment about behavior like what <laughs> class is this?
2: Oh boy, yeah. Who knows? Um, <laughs> but yeah, this goes really poorly because <laughs> uh, oh it's it's honestly like uncomfortable, like in in a good way. Like yeah. I think it's like well done mm-hmm. because MJ's note is sharing this really, really deeply personal information about her home life and basically like how she you know, reacted and dealt with like her parents fighting and when she was a kid and like what she would do to sort of like, you know, keep, keep herself like separated from that, you know? Um, And like, I think the facial acting on Mary Jane while Peter is reading this out loud is really well done because it's clear that like, she feels like really kind of raw and vulnerable about it. And it's like a kind of hurtful memory and stuff like that while he's reading it. Um, And so Peter gives her his note and we don't even see we don't even see the exchange. We don't even see her read it. Mm-hmm. We don't see her react to it. It just immediately, like, cross cuts to MJ fucking, like, MJ just ranting to Harry about it. Can you it.
1: believe
2: <laughs> Can you believe it? Because what Peter's note was, was that he's allergic to grouper
1: yeah. a fish. And that's it. <laughs> now, here's the thing. Peter fucked this up, right? Like, no doubt Peter fucked this up. At the same time, this was MJ's idea, and she presented it as daily notes where we'll divulge a personal tidbit, something small but not deep, a secret you haven't told people before.
2: Oh, yeah. That's not she fair. She starts very heavy, <laughs> and I'm not saying
1: she's wrong to share that. She she clearly needs to share it with somebody because it is it comes out in a very big way, right? So yeah. It's not like she's wrong to share it, but it is a lot to share given how this was presented. <laughs>
2: Yeah,
1: that's a good, you know, I didn't even Especially think about how she Harry also it. is like Harry did tell Peter that what she wants out of this is for Peter to tell her how he feels. And it's not like she, I, I was expecting her to tell Peter how she feels. Um, So this this caught me off guard, too. I was like, whoa, whoa, that's a yeah. big that's a deep thing to get into, which, again, not wrong to get into it. But I can see where. Both of them would walk away being like, what just happened?
2: <laughs> yeah, Peter, I think, you know, Peter knew that his his secret wasn't very good. But right. yeah, To in, in his defense, he didn't go into it expecting Mary Jane to like kind of unload about a childhood trauma. Yeah. Like, like in it, and that, that is the sort of thing that it's sort of like, you know, when you have a really intimate relationship with someone, even just as a friendship, you know, like that is something that's a, 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 that's probably a good co- that's a good it's a thing that mj needed to share with someone that she wanted to right and that's a good conversation to have and a good kind of foundational relationship thing where it's sort of like oh that is something very deeply personal i know about you that kind of defines who you are Mm -hmm. and i know you better because of it right but peter didn't know that he was getting into that right peter knew his thing sucked (laughs) but he had no
1: idea how big her thing was gonna be
2: yeah so i mean ultimately it is kind of like faults a little bit on both sides, you know, they both kind of bungled it. it. Yeah. Yeah. He bungled it
1: worse, I think, but they both kind of bungled it a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. She probably bungled it more at the beginning in the way she presented it. Cause again, I don't think this is a bad thing to share in the spirit of the assignment.
2: Right, right. She should have been. She shouldn't have said "small, not very deep" when telling <laughs> right. her this. Because right. you clearly had this in mind, MJ, yeah. and that's neither of yeah. those things. <laughs> but this is why I like
1: this subplot so much because I think it's so messy in a way that's believable, and, yeah, and sure. it's messy in a way that's not accidentally messy. Like it's very clear that this was, like you said, supposed to be awkward and uncomfortable, and it comes across that way, and it feels that way when you're when you're watching it for the first time. You're like, "Oh God, I know this isn't going to go poor Like, I know this is going to go poorly, but I don't know what either one of them is going to say. Yeah, it's it's I I really like it. I I, Again, in in the context of this one episode story, it doesn't really work a whole lot if you consider the whole series, but it works very well from the start of this episode, mostly to the end.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure.
1: So while
2: MJ and Harry are talking, Christina eavesdrops using this like <laughs> little mini satellite dish thing.
1: I love this. This is so stupid. Here's this I, show you doesn't get stupid. It doesn't. It, this show does not want itself to look stupid, and I don't. It's it's unfortunate that this particular moment is tied to Christina because it's another one of those moments that's supposed to make her look crazy. But it's yeah. so funny. I wish the show would allow itself to do stuff like this for any character, you know.
2: Well, and you know what I kind of love, and I didn't really think about this until this scene because she only uses this this device for this one scene, <laughs> and then she has another kind yeah. of handmade device uses later. Christina is the show's tinkerer, basically. She
1: is. And I, I love her for all the reasons the show wants us to think that she is, like, like crazy. And I, I love her for all those reasons. I'm like, you're making cool shit that looks so stupid, but kind yeah. of maybe works. And, like, you're just unabashedly sort of, like, you you make a plan and you follow the fuck through on it. Like, some of your plans yeah. really suck. So, like, let's maybe talk about it. But, like, this one, <laughs> this one's so funny to me. Like, yeah. it's it's presented in such a funny context, too, because it's, like, Harry and MJ are just, like, walking through a campus way basically and she's just like on a dorm balcony like very <laughs> obviously pointing some device at them it's i could have I, I just know. looked
2: up slightly and they were Yeah seen it
1: and maybe maybe it would have bothered me in a different context but because this show is so serious about itself so frequently this i was on the floor this was so funny to me It's very funny yeah
2: yeah cuz like she overhears uh she overhears the conversation where Harry kind of brings up the fact that MJ did have a previous crush slash fling with Spider-Man that we know has been referenced and is a Mm -hmm. reference to the first movie. And MJ is like, nah, I'm over him. It's not a big deal. That's not happening. And Harry's like, Ooh, I bet Spider-Man's still into you. He murdered my father, by the way. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Um, But either way, Christina hears this, her obvious like assumption from this is that like, Oh, the reason that Spider-Man doesn't want to be with me is because he's still in love with Mary Jane and or Mary Jane is still in love with him. Whatever the case may be, I'm gonna I have to figure out what to do about this. So she speaks with her Spider-Man again, who encourages her to remove the obstacle between her and Spider-Man.
1: This is so difficult for me because I think that purely from how things are plotted, this is actually really clever and pretty seamless. But it also relies on Christina being like too crazy to understand what she's listening to, yeah, and then it it transforms into you know crazy girl gets crazier because she's jealous of other girl, which like yeah. I don't like, so it's like frustrating because no. it's like you wrote something that actually it like comes together very, very well, but I don't want this story.
2: <laughs> I know it's what sucks is that like it is really it is really well written in how because like the, it does basically have the MJ subplot and the Christina yeah. plot completely converge in a way that yeah. the shows plots often don't. You know, yeah. In which They're, a like, lot of a yeah. lot
1: of the shows we've watched don't necessarily. You know, like yeah, some of yeah. them do it really well, and some of them explicitly don't do it well. And so for this yeah. episode to be on the side of doing it well isn't just in the context of this show alone, you know?
2: Yeah. No, it is it is a well-written episode. It's just what it's writing about is oftentimes yeah, very frustrating. It's like <laughs> a
1: well-written, irresponsible episode. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Which is so frustrating because yeah. I just want a well-written episode from this show. So for it to be a well-written episode that bungles its topic so horribly, yeah. like, God damn it, you're so close. You're halfway I there, but the other half you do poorly is like, yeah. I, I almost would have rather you did something really – representative well in 2003 and it been not written very well <laughs> you know like like um what was the what was it um shoot um the big wheel and rocket racer episode from the 90s like yeah i don't think it's a well-written episode but it does some really cool stuff with representation i almost would have rather that than like you wrote a really good like script that was well crafted but but good god did you fail women and people with mental illness <laughs> yeah no I wouldn't even say that
2: they bungled the topic I think like they approached the topic from the worst possible angle yeah. from the beginning They're like there was no damaged. saving it there was no saving it <laughs> yeah. from from what they wanted yeah, to do point. in the first place bungling implies thing.
1: that you had it in the right spot at some point yeah. and they never did it, it's,
2: it started way beyond yeah. the that yeah. finish line so
1: yeah <laughs> they were not holding the ball to fumble it <laughs>
2: <laughs> yep that ball was in another court oh yeah unfortunately mm-hmm. Wrong sport.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah.
2: Oh boy. Um so later at Empire <sighs> One. We already kinda of talked about the scene a little yeah. bit. This this is uh this is Indy's only seen in this episode because Peter's just sharing some new Spidey footage. It's footage of, like, from the previous montage of him catching a car. He's sharing it with Indy, and uh, he kind of gets weird when she, like, kind of <laughs> casually is joking. Like, I bet Spider-Man was probably thinking about girls while he's saving that car. And I, is it is it meant to be, like—because she's specifically talking about, like— shooting his webs and it's like shooting white goop out of his arms so she's making an ejaculation joke right like that's what's Um, happening in this scene right well
1: i hadn't thought about that but it does make a lot of sense i she was she was like downplaying spider-man's powers. she was like i mean if i could do that sure it doesn't seem like it'd be hard and peter was like i don't know i think he's probably pretty pretty preoccupied (laughs) like but i do think it works both ways that is really funny Yeah, because she's specific. She's not
2: just talking about him like doing flips and stuff. She's specifically talking about him shooting white goop out of his arms. I think is what he what she says explicitly. She says something
1: like that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah,
2: and then it's just like so he's probably just thinking about girls. It's like oh,
1: it. I mean, honestly, it's almost she's. It's kind of a good commentary. Like if I (laughs) if I could do what this man could do, I would not have nearly as much trouble accomplishing my goals. Like. (laughs) Like you're right, Indy. You are right.
2: Yeah, and <laughs> you're a woman is, of
1: color trying to break into broadcasting in in that, 2003.
2: <laughs> and she's also right because Spider-Man is thinking about girls in that montage. So he's like, so thinking about Mary Jane the whole time. Yeah. So like, he is very frequently thinking about girls when he's doing that stuff. So it's actually right there's many
1: layers of correct yeah.
2: here yeah
1: and i think there's the additional layer of like peter not knowing how to handle that when actually confronted right because even though she is right and he was thinking about girls when she suggests that spider-man is is simply thinking about girls and sort of presenting it as like well he's probably just distracted by horniness peter's like no 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 no. what but horniness what do you know no h word you know what i mean <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's so funny. It's really funny. I, also, I love this like, scene. It, it, I they could the have scene. completely
1: cut it out and it wouldn't have necessarily affected the plot, but I'm so glad it's here.
2: I'm so glad it's here, especially, you know, it they've adds. introduced they've introduced Indy. Why not keep, you know, continuing seeing your Yeah. Or whatever, right. I also love their exchange when, uh, you know, he's Peter is just like, oh, it's not a big deal. I don't care about being famous. I just like being a photographer. Uh, and Indy's like, oh, humility, a charming quality. And Peter's <laughs> like, oh, cool. And she's like, lose it.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. that's not good. <laughs> but there's like a really tender moment before it too. This is what I'm talking about, like the body language. Like they like touch arms or whatever before she does that, I think, or I don't know exactly yeah. what order it goes in, but it's like a lot of different little things that really play into this idea that like they have a sort of warmth to their physical chemistry. Like I said, they're not like actively horny for each other necessarily on screen, but like there's a warmth there, but also they can like tease each other, which I think is a, a they're not being mean to each other, but they can kind of tease each other a little bit, which I think means they're clearly close or they're getting close pretty fast. Um, I don't know. They're just – they're easy to root for.
2: It's, it is it – is, They seem I think
1: comfortable. Like their walls are down.
2: It's telling that like I, I – you know, we've sort of sometimes complained about the animation on the show and the body language and the way that – you know, the things that they can't do. I think it's telling like when it seems like they have two characters that they seem to like together – that it works they like can the make animation, it happen they can make the magic happen yeah which makes it even worse when there are scenes that are supposed to be a little hot and stuff that don't work at yeah. all you know it's like well what did you do right in this is do you just like these characters more i don't understand i don't
1: know, I don't know. but it, it's it, i think it's you cannot ignore the fact that Peter Parker locks up when he talks to Mary Jane. he cannot talk yeah. to her, and when he's around Indy, he's so comfortable and You could yeah. argue that it's because he isn't attracted, so there isn't a hang up there, but I don't think that's the case. I think it's the other way around no well I think it's he's clear just way more the two. exactly yeah. I think he's just way more comfortable with her. We know yeah. how she feels about him, but i think and I think he knows well he knows that too, so well, does he? I don't know. That's the forever question with Peter. I think right?
2: that's I think but I but I do think your it plays that would play into your theory that like he thinks he's in love with Mary Jane, so he can't yeah. like Indy because he loves Mary Jane, so he doesn't realize how much he actually does like Indy and how right. compatible they are.
1: But he's actually know? acting out his attraction with Indy in the way that they interact. Yeah,
2: yeah just because he's not really overthinking it, he's not in his yeah. own head about it because he doesn't think that it's
1: happening. hmm It's
2: so it's like so bizarre, but like so real in yeah. terms of like messy You know, when you haven't had that relationship experience, you know, like that you don't sometimes you really truly don't know what your body is doing and you don't really know what you're feeling and you don't know what you're thinking, even when it's happening. And it's
1: it's not a wild thing to see written either, because it's like, again, it's just the idea of like the horny boy thinking he wants to go out with the cheerleader when the cheerleaders never noticed him. Yeah. And he has this, he has somebody he's actually attracted to that he's very comfortable with, but yeah. he's just being too dumb to recognize. Yeah. It's
2: just, it's just <laughs> weird in this show because the cheerleader who doesn't notice him is actually constantly is, pining for him all the constantly time, constantly
1: pining for him. And, <laughs> and, and I'm at the point now where I, I think I have, this was probably so annoying for people who like this show, but I, I do feel like I'm finally at the point where like, I'm not, I I've, I've, I'm able to not measure these characters by the sort of, like, um some of their other representations. Like, this Mary Jane is this Mary Jane at this point. And, yeah. like, I do think when you come into the show, you are expecting to root for Mary Jane. Kind of in the way, honestly, with Spectacular, like, I think the reason it's so funny... At points that I'm like, Liz Allen, Liz Allen, Liz Allen, is because you were supposed to be rooting for Gwen. And I think in this show, typically speaking, you're probably supposed to be rooting for MJ. But I don't I don't know. It's I don't not know. where it's, I'm at.
2: It's really hard to tell. <laughs> I don't know where the show's at one.
1: either. <laughs>
2: it's really hard well, to tell what the show wants us I guess to think. Yeah. That's
1: why I brought that up, right? It's like that assumption comes from the idea that in most cases you are supposed to root for MJ. But in this show... It's just maybe not there, so I need to stop bringing that. That's kind of the point. That's sort of where I'm at now, yeah, right? Is like sure. I'm not going to measure their relationship based on whether it should have worked another iteration. And I was I was having a hard time with some of that because the characterization wasn't great. Um, and now I've got enough enough data points. Yeah. To work with. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. ship Peter and Indy.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. For sure. Pindy. <laughs> Pindy? Mm. Mm. Yeah. yeah. It's not the worst, but we could do better. It's the worst, yeah. Uh, indeeder? No. Indeeder? Um,
1: <laughs> I don't know. That's kind of funny. It's
2: kind of funny. It does it just fit their weird energy that they have. Oh, yeah, yay. So, so Christina... She succeeds oh in finding MJ. This happens
1: so fast. She I does. mean, I guess they don't need to dilly dally with it, but it just, it, the next yeah. scene is just her being like, hi, MJ.
2: <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. She kidnaps her, holds her. They, they, they establish very early in the episode, just she kind of casually thrown off that, like, she tried to make a glue gun when she was younger and accidentally made like an acid gun. Um, and okay. now it comes back in this scene, that she has an acid gun. Yeah. <laughs> She's holding MJ an acid gun point.
1: Chekhov's acid gun?
2: Chekhov's acid gun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and they uh, they take an external elevator up the side of some skyscraper. I. It's not a... It's a, it's a bad problematic joke, but I yeah. have to admit I laughed when MJ is like, you're insane. Like, seriously saying it? And Christina says, yeah, insanely jealous. <laughs> and has like... Like a ridiculous laugh.
1: I was confounded.
2: It's not good, but like it almost feels like the show. Respond
1: to herself, and I was like, "That can't be right," which means that christina must have said that
2: <laughs> no yeah christina says that and i feel like it's like the show that feels like a meta like show calling its own shot where it's just like no she's just that's all we're doing we're just we're just making it insane character yeah. who's insanely jealous and she knows it like it's i don't like it's a bad joke but like i have to admit that i laugh it, because it's so weird and silly that they threw that in
1: <laughs> it's i think it's silly because it catches it caught me so off guard yeah. But yeah, it is so it's so weird for Christina to say that. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> like. It's like too fourth wall breaking.
1: <laughs> it really is. Yeah, I I I that's a moment where I had to rewind and be like, "I think I heard something wrong because I'm pretty sh- what what is happening?"
2: Yeah. Yeah. But um but elsewhere Peter who's carrying a box of co- chocolates with MJ's name on it. Uh, so, uh could- <sighs> a chocolate a heart a heart box full of yeah. chocolates so it works in this
1: episode it works in this episode it's still very yeah. confusing
2: yeah but uh he gets a spider sense vibe and suspects that MJ must be in danger so he drops the chocolates on the
1: street rude that was a relatively large box of chocolates it wasn't yeah. like huge but it wasn't small
2: you could have webbed that up with your clothes man what are you doing
1: mm-hmm. <sighs> oh that's one of your big pet peeves isn't it food that gets wasted in tv yes yes
2: <laughs> and it's not like that. the chocolates would have gone bad from sitting you know outside for a li- they might have melted a little bit if it was mm-hmm. warm out but it's new york you're fine yeah come on man <laughs> whatever <laughs> and it's probably expensive like we That's know what he's saying is, we know he spends all that money on dvds we know oh how much money god. he doesn't have
1: he that charges he his- really expensive chocolate to his credit card <laughs> yeah
2: right and he just drops it good god idiot <sighs> but he suits up and begins to search the city for MJ.
1: Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> well, as it turns out, uh, MJ is at the top of this building because Christina. This is uh, this is where things get. I mean things with a christina little bit off the rails yeah- things with Christina haven't been good the whole time, and I don't know if we've necessarily been like really really direct i think we've i think we've explained why, but like things yeah. like you said, get really off the rails here. this is where it really turns into just like crazy girls getting real crazy now, isn't she you know yeah, yeah. um because Christina arranged to bring m j to a rooftop wedding venue <laughs> where she intends to leave m j and I quote. Splayed on the buffet table with acid holes where her organs should be. There,
2: she wasn't murderous before. No. <laughs> she, was a, she was a stalker and they played her as crazy. Yeah. This is a new level where she wants to brutally murder Mary Jane painfully and like slay her intestines out like a serial killer.
1: And she specifically says for the lovebirds to find, which... I point this out because one, that's fucking wild. That is like, like you said, weird serial killer shit, but also has nothing to do with anything that she's doing because leaving a maimed body for like a random like engaged couple to find on their wedding day has nothing to do with anything she's doing. It's like, max, how do we make this girl sound as crazy as possible in the context of romance, bring her to a wedding, have her maim the girl she's jealous of and leave her there. And it has nothing to do. It is. And it has nothing to do with what's really going on, which is just her trying to draw Spider-Man in again, because her hallucination of Spider-Man does say, and granted, we're applying we're trying to apply logic to something that this show is not treating well. Yeah. And isn't necessarily considering how behavior like this can be altered by what might end up being illogical thought. Like none of they're not doing that, right? That's not I don't think that's what they're doing here, because it it follows a weird progression that I don't feel like is realistic. But it but when she is rejected by Spider Man after throwing herself off a building, she asks her version of Spider-Man, how do I meet up with him again? That's the goal, is just getting to talk to him again. That's really what this is. So, like, maiming MJ and <laughs> leaving her to be found has like nothing to do with meeting up with Spider-Man. And we know that because her plan is is is. It involves Spider Man. She needs Spider Man to be there. <laughs> like. Yeah, and and
2: they 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 do make her nosebleed like significantly worse. So yes. I guess they are trying to signal that like this she's is her, getting worse. She's getting worse. This is her. You know, her brain's degrading more from the brain damage or whatever. But I don't feel like it's been, it hasn't really been like a steady escalation of it. I really do feel like it goes from zero to 60 with the, like the, the creepy murderer stuff.
1: Right yeah. Here. And I, I understand where somebody might be like, well, the whole point is that she's getting crazy over the course of the episode. So even if they don't necessarily escalate it smoothly, like that's still what's going on. But yeah. I think the problem isn't necessarily that it's not smooth. The problem is that, especially because it's not smooth. It just exacerbates how irresponsible they're being with this character in the first place, right? Conflating the fact that she has some sort of untreated mental illness with, Oh, she turns into a, a, not just a murderer, but like an incredibly brutally violent murderer who's murdering to make a point. Like that's a dangerous conflation to make that damages people's perceptions of folks with mental illness of which, there are tons like, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's what prevents us from being able to talk about mental illness is, is stories and portrayals and attitudes like this. So that that's why it's a problem. Not just the fact that it it escalates too quickly. Yeah. It's that it's, you know, it's just, it's adding to the problem.
2: Uh huh. Yep. (laughs) Well said.
1: It also doesn't help that both of these characters are women. And so them So there's the additional element of um, woman blinded by rage because jealous of other women over a man. Like, there's there's just so many things going on here that are like, dang, how did we get here? Which is, I mean, I guess (laughs) it also proves that, like, you know, it doesn't have to be a man writing it to do shit like this. (laughs) But I I don't know. I mean, I I don't know how much, like, I, I don't. She she could have just been hired to write this episode, and they said, here's the episode that we're doing. You know, that's oh, like the weird thing about TV.
2: are in, We're in the zeitgeist. Like, this isn't a story that's like this <laughs> yeah. is a thing. Uh, I mean, you know, like, so I, you can be – you. you could have been a fully progressive person. <laughs> In 2003 and still wrote an episode like this totally just because people weren't having conversations about why this is actually like le- straight up legitimately yeah. harmful to well, real people in the real world.
1: And you and I briefly talked about, I don't know how much we talked about on the podcast, but probably at least a little bit. When we were talking about the 90s stalker episode with MJ and Hydro Man, um, you, you talked about that. You said like one of the reasons that you were worried about that was because superhero properties have a, a, a habit of doing yeah. shit like this, right? Yeah. didn't you say smallville did this like multiple times
2: yeah there are multiple (laughs) lana has a stalker episode and other women have had had stalkers too yeah i mean actually there's I, i i was getting a lot of smallville vibes from this one too actually because what another thing that smallville did that i think was a little bit problematic though i do think that they ultimately handled it better down the line is that like in the early days it would be a villain gets infected with kryptonite and they'll just be like a teenager. They get infected with kryptonite in some bizarre way and get superpowers but also go crazy and that's why they're evil. Like yeah. the, their villain origin story will just be like, well they were kind of well, emotional when they got superpowers <laughs> and now they're crazy and that makes they them evil. They could have been like, a
1: hero or a villain. What's the deciding right, factor? Did right. they go crazy? <laughs>
2: exactly. And and to, I will say to Smallville's credit, like they actually do kind of deal with that and have those conversations as the show goes along of just like, well wait, like does everyone who just gets infected by kryptonite become evil? Like, no, actually, like there it just depends on the circumstances yeah. and some people do legitimately have like mental illnesses and stuff like that that's sort of cause them to take different actions and not to say that that excuses some of the problematic stuff or the whole trope at all, but like it did have those conversations, well, but because this is one episode of this show, that's sort of doing a similar thing and doesn't even have the super, super uh, power aspect of it. Nor, like the, compassion, of even, right? nor the compassion, right? Cause like action at all. This yeah. show
1: I think wants us maybe similarly to, and maybe this is a thread, but like similarly to what you were positing about, um Dr. Connors and The Lizard, where it's like there is not a distinct line, right? Him becoming the lizard is is sort of um just exacerbating or like amplifying certain characteristics of himself already. I'm sure that they were sort of like, well, if she's already, if she's already crazy, then like, this is just, it's, it's not that this accident makes her evil. It just, it exacerbates things or it amplifies things. Problem is they have no compassion for her before or after. Like no one has any compassion for this character who clearly needs someone to care about her. Like not even MJ who in other versions might care or other versions of Peter might care or just, (laughs) just any indie, like somebody, somebody (laughs) you're
2: you're already supposed to, to kind of laugh at her or look down on her right. for before her accident like yeah. because of her silly weird obsessive yeah. crush with well, spider-man and she's so she's so strange and everyone already thinks she's crazy anyway yeah max you know? the
1: guy that you're supposed to sort of raise an eyebrow at in his introduction <laughs> calls her crazy so clearly she's just she's beyond
2: yeah yeah yeah, and this, it's not like this episode try like asks you to sort of like confront no. that and be like, are they just being mean to her? Do they is she just misunderstood? No, she was just kind of crazy right. before, and now she's really crazy now because right. of her physical brain damage. Like, yeah, come it's, on, it's y'all. Fucked
1: up. <laughs> you know, it's been a while since I brought up the Amazing Spider-Man two. You know, they wow, kind of they kind of wow. tackled that a little bit. That's sort of like challenging you to think about it a little bit. This one doesn't do that.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> everyone was collaborating for you to bring up maybe it's just been a too, while though. you know it's been a while yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> well <laughs> uh, let's see where were we even at here oh we were talking about her weird plan uh, but <laughs> yeah ultimately it is to draw Spider-Man back um, and we know this because she Wants to read his mind. I mean, that's really what it is. It's like, I'm going to get you here so I can put my helmet on you, and then I'll show the world that when I read your mind, it's going to say that you love me. Like, that's that's the plan. Sure. Um, he does arrive, and he suggests to her that the helmet did something to her mind to make her act like this. Wow! Great cool job
2: connecting the dots there. Yeah, very late, Peter, mm-hmm, <laughs> and mm-hmm. terrible way to frame that also, too. But... Also, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. Remember when we said
1: the compassion's missing? This is like again the difference between something like this and something like Amazing Spider-Man Two, where it clicks for Spider-Man in that movie, and he's like, "Oh, okay, let me reevaluate what's going on here, yeah, and no, not he just say the first thing that comes to my mind."
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he, he never re-evaluate. reevaluates. He's just yeah. like. Christina, I think you're crazy Yeah, because of this machine.
1: I think That's this it. <laughs> damaged your brain. Thanks. Are cool. you going to do anything about that? No? Helpful. Okay. Productive.
2: Great. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, uh, Christina threatens to spray MJ with her acid gun uh, and insists Spider-Man allow her to read his mind. So, of course, he complies. Um, so, you know, they have the electrodes on, she has the machine running, she flips the switch on the toaster and, uh, she claims to receive Spider-Man's identity through the mind reading helmet Mm. and remarks at how boring and unexciting his alter ego really is. And Spider-Man and MJ are both kind of like, wait, did this actually work? Does she really know? What did you
1: think? What did you think?
2: Um, God, I how how I don't remember what I thought when I first watched this, <laughs> and I and I remembered that this is how yeah. it went when I when I rewatched it. So okay. I legitimately don't know what I thought when I first saw it. Honestly, okay. What did you think? Yeah,
1: I thought so. I thought because they were so unclear about her having preternatural abilities despite them undercutting her at every moment right like despite being like you can't trust anything she says i do think there was some uncertainty introduced when we met her in her dorm room and so i was like i wonder if they're going to have this actually work like that's going to be sort of the gag at the end is like oh my god it actually worked but something fatal is going to happen to her because she's our villain. Right. Sure. And the show loves to kill its villains. And I thought they did at one moment. Uh-huh. Um, and I thought that it was going to be revealed, especially cause they were at the top of a tower. I thought it was going to be revealed as she was falling or on her way down, or as she was dying on the ground that it did in fact work, but just nobody heard her. That's what I thought yeah. the show was going to do. It felt very much the show's vibe, um, yeah. to have her learn the secret, let us know that she learned the secret and then have her just die. Yeah. That's what I thought was going to happen. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think the show wants you to think that I think that you were right. Rolling with what they, uh, what they were trying to set up. Yeah.
1: Cause they don't, they don't reveal, they give you enough time to wonder about whether this works. Yeah. Like just enough time. They don't draw it out too long, but they give you enough time to be like, well, wait, hold up. Can we, did it? Did she though?
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think one one thing that um, that I'm glad you added to the notes because I I wouldn't have thought to point this out. But during this kind of exchange before the 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 potential mind reading happens when Christina activates the helmet, MJ does pointedly ask if she's not just projecting her feelings onto Spider Man.
1: Yes, and that will yeah. be very relevant in just a couple minutes. Yes. So. While Christina is remarking about Spider-Man's boring and unexciting secret identity, which again, I like, and I think one of the reasons it works is because we know Peter is insecure about potentially being boring when he's not spider-man mm-hmm. um while she's while she's remarking about this mj sucker punches christina
2: <laughs> that's hilarious <laughs> that's so funny <laughs> that did
1: make me laugh i, I was surprised yeah. i was like oh okay <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> The show this show can sucker punch people so sometimes it, it you know really utilizes that ability yeah. <laughs> this yeah. is one of those times um yeah. Christina responds, obviously, by readying her acid gun, so Spider-Man webs it, preventing Christina from hitting either one of them, but it does cause the gun to fire on a piece of this like glass fencing atop the venue, because again, they're on a rooftop, (laughs) so there's fencing. Of course. And this falls, distracting Spider-Man. He has to catch it so it doesn't fall on some people below, and this allows Christina to once again take MJ hostage. So yes. a little little extra little extra action and tension that I, I wasn't actually expecting.
2: No, yeah. Christina takes MJ down the elevator uh, and shoots her acid gun at nearby elevator cars to distract Spidey. So while Spider-Man's kind of trying to handle the elevator cars, MJ herself is fighting against Christina in the elevator. Um, while it's happening, Christina's gun accidentally fires on the car that the two of them are in. So then their elevator car begins to plummet down.
1: Yes. And this next thing... I actually, it's weird because I think it's weird to say I want them to go in harder on something in this episode because it's it's all built on such problematic stuff. Uh-huh. But I think this might be one of those moments, and I'm just gonna say it, even though I I, I don't want so much from this episode. So I'm I'm just sort of like. I'm sort of just rolling with what they're doing at the expense of being part of the problem. But, yeah, sure. Yeah. Spider Man. So, because the car begins to plummet with Christina and MJ in it, Spider Man pulls MJ from the car, right? So that he is holding on to MJ, but does web the car so that Christina doesn't plummet further. And this is a distinction between the two. And I think it's an important one, right? The fact that Christina yeah. watches Spider Man choose who to save. Regardless of how obvious it is to anybody looking, from Christina's perspective, he should have saved her first if both of them were in danger, right? Yeah. And I think they kind of they kind of have her react to this, but I don't think they have her react proportionally to how they've set up the dynamic between these three. and again, doing more would only play further into the problematic relationship that they've built between these three characters yeah um but it does feel like a beat is sort of missed or like or, or um yeah. a, a beat doesn't hit as hard as it probably should have given what they have written to this point because it feels like i think it should it was, have been it a should have major
2: like kind of yeah point for Christina's character.
1: You I know? I don't want to say it should have been a moment where Christina cracks further because that's the problem, <laughs> right? Yeah, but it should have been some sort of moment for her. There should have been so- maybe it could have just been a moment of clarity. Honestly, if they wanted to be more respectful about things, it could have been a moment where she realizes, "Holy shit!" Like. It was never me, you know, and, and, you know, that's not, that's never where they were going to go with this, but whatever, whatever direction they could have gone in further, they didn't. And it just turns out like, she's like, well, what the hell, you know, like, and just fires her gun at them and makes herself plummet despite Spider-Man having saved her. So she just plummets anyway, and the car hits the ground and I, and Spider-Man doesn't try to save her again. Um, And I thought she died, but she didn't, she broke her neck.
2: (laughs) Good, yeah. It would be really cruel that she didn't die. I know that's what you meant. If they but... killed her,
1: I thought they yeah. did. I genuinely thought they did, and I was so disappointed. I was like, "Are you yeah. kidding me? Like, she's not even a supervillain. She's a girl. She's literally like a nineteen-year-old. She's a nineteen-year-old girl who oh. needs help. <laughs> like, I know that she's yeah. violent, and like, I know that she's she's doing things that are violent, and she is she has done things that are violent, and that and and she's. Concocting these plans that are putting people at risk, but like Spider-Man, you literally—I I know, I know that he doesn't have compassion for, her and the people around her probably don't have compassion for. Her. But this is a girl who literally threw herself off of a building. Like, can we have a little compassion, please? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and
0: yeah.
1: so when I thought they killed her, I was like, this is the worst kind of poetry. The fact that yeah. you're going to have her die being thrown off a building—that's gross. Yeah, it's still but a thankfully- little bit gross.
2: It still is. But thankfully, yeah, they they don't dwell. It's not they don't make you think that she died for very long. It's very quickly. like The next cut, like you hear her talking and she's in an ambulance. Thank God. I know you hear her talking
1: before you even see her, which I think is thank you for at least doing that.
2: Yeah. So yeah. So she's being taken to an ambulance. She's on a stretcher because she broke her neck. So she's got a neck brace on, got some scratches and stuff. But it's very clear that like physically she's okay. Um, but she is shouting that she knows Spider Man's be- biggest secret, his identity, and ev- all you know all the firefighters and ambulance people are, are paramedics. Well, I couldn't remember what paramedics were. <laughs> paramedics uh, are around, and they're like what What did she say? And everyone's like, oh boy, they're going to reveal something big. She's like, it's Wang, the drip den guy, (laughs) the guy from the coffee shop.
1: Mm -hmm. And everybody's
2: just like, oh, okay. Anyway, (laughs)
1: I'm kind of surprised. And I actually think it would have benefited the episode and would have, I mean, it it couldn't have fixed the irresponsible stuff they did, but it would have been the ever so slightest help. If her thing actually worked and she actually did know it was Peter, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Validate her just the, the slightest bit. But it is better ultimately for Peter and, and probably easier for them to navigate her not actually having that work.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One thing that's funny about the Malang joke um, is that Malang's voiced by Reno Romano, who was yeah. Spider Man in the previous Spider Man show
1: like what is is that the joke or is it just this happened to be the cameo that um, he did
2: i think that that was i think that might have been intentional because on i mean on the commentary they call out like oh yeah he was uh well they get the they get the show wrong they say he was spider-man on the 1996 spider-man show and it's was like so, 1996
1: spider-man show <laughs>
2: right that's when the 94 <laughs> spider-man show was going i guess the, i don't know they don't fucking know um but yeah, I think that I think that they kind of they probably wrote it and then cast it after the fact because he's already was in their in in, in their roster because he does a couple of like minor voices in this mm. show. I think he does a minor voice in the episode after this too. Um, and so it's like they've got him on the roster. Why not have him voice this character? They probably figure he can do whatever accent they're trying to do for Moang. Yeah. Um, and then you've got your little in joke as well. Yeah.
1: So it's a fun end joke for sure.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well. They so so that happens and and like you said everybody's kind of watching it when she says this everybody's like oh whatever she's just crazy. Um, they actually call out for a medication for her and I looked up what it was and it wasn't anything significant. It's just it's just a painkiller. <laughs> oh, gotcha. I was like, oh, they're actually like maybe acknowledging something here. No, they're not. <laughs> um, well, MJ after this happens, sort of jokingly asks Spider Man if he's really Muang. Uh, and and Spider Man's like, no. Or he says I can't even boil water, which does mean that he. <laughs> oh, I guess I guess she said it was the coffee drip guy. Okay, yeah. never mind. Yeah, I was gonna say he's kind of admitting that he knows who Wang is, but whatever. Um, and then she asks him outright, which I kind of respect. Uh, asks him outright, like, so will you tell me who you are? Then, like, could you? And he, of course, says I can't do that, and then he flips off. Yeah. And I wish this is kind of where the MJ stuff ended, because I don't oh. like the rest of this. This is only yeah. one more scene, but I don't like it. They really tried to th- tie a bow on this that didn't need to be tied. Ooh, I wouldn't have minded a bow, a, a sh- small bow. It, yeah, I guess they, It wouldn't they do- make sense for the series. This is part of why this episode doesn't work with the overarching serialization of their relationship. But the bow that they decide to use is like, oh, Oh, okay. So, like, all the women in this episode are are crazy, is what you're yeah, saying? <laughs> that's
2: pretty lame. Yeah. I, I guess they did need another MJ and Peter scene to resolve their conflict because they hadn't talked since she was mad at them. I guess. Yeah. So they do need something like this, but what they choose to do first of all, can I just say, the transition they have from this previous scene to their coffee shop scene is you see a steaming sewer, like the steaming man steam coming out of a sewer Ew. manhole cap that transitions to the steam of a hot cup of coffee
1: Ew! don't do that it's so bad what the hell don't do that <laughs> never do that anyone
2: it's horrific what the fuck man <laughs> i laugh so hard at that i'm like that's what you chose <laughs> i
1: love to think of my coffee as sewage what
2: the fuck dude come on <laughs> Anyway, speaking of sewage, um, so this, it's this scene in the coffee shop, MJ is sort of like delicately examining Mwang's wrists. That part I'm Wang's okay with. like, what are you doing? Yeah, it's, it's funny. That part's cute. And he's like, what are you doing? She's like, never mind. You know, I was just wondering. And Peter's like, what was, hell, what was that about? She's like, it's not a big deal. They do have a conversation about Christina because MJ was obviously involved in a pretty traumatic incident with Christina. Mm-hmm. Um, and MJ kind of draws you comparisons about like, you know, Christina was this crazy psycho stalker of Spider-Man trying to like trying to to get in with him and force herself on him. Oh, my God, Peter, I'm your crazy psycho stalker. And Peter's like, I mean, kind of, but not really. Don't that's not that. And don't really say it like that. (laughs) Uh, Doesn't really like he doesn't disagree with her right which is weird i don't like that he's just sort of right. like i mean i'm glad you're the one who said it um and then right. he's just you know and they they have a and, and then you know he's he is honest i i like that he's like you know sometimes there there are just some things i'm not ready to share not just with you with with but with anyone and mj is sort of like i get it that's that's cool we can just be friends that that's okay Well, um that that little smidgen of it i think is fine but like the conclusion that mj comes to is fucking stupid awful
1: (laughs) i well okay the conclusion that mj comes to is awful it one it's once again really i mean this whole episode is terrible to christina this is just one one more last jab at christina but yeah the fact that she then compares herself to the person that we have been told this whole time is like crazy beyond crazy like serial killer transformation like, that's you? That's who you're comparing yourself to? Because you got a little too intense with the boy that you like, who doesn't seem to understand what feelings are? Like, stop that. Stop yeah. that. And then we're not, yeah, we're not supposed to disagree with her. Like, Peter barely disagrees with her. And then I I don't mind them deciding to be friends, but I, I don't quite understand where, like... I got a little too intense and we had a hard time with this activity. So I guess, you know what? Maybe we should just be friends. Like, really? <laughs> like, that's it. Like, I don't feel like you two ever actually talked about whether you're actually attracted to each other. Like that never uh, happened. Yeah. That <laughs> I'm not would sure be why important. this is the natural conclusion. Peter not being able to share everything. Like I could understand where if Peter was like, there are just some things I'm not ready to share with you but that's because I'm not willing to share them with anybody. I could see if MJ was like, okay, well I need somebody to be open and honest. So this isn't going to yeah. work. That makes yeah. sense. But that's a little bit more contentious than like, all right, well, I guess we're just not made for each other. <laughs> like, what? That's
2: a good point. I what? was doing, I think I was reading between <laughs> the lines a little too much um, yeah, I think that's a good point that that is a weird leap. So like, so like because <laughs> because you can't, because you can't tell me your deepest, darkest secrets that you can't tell to literally anyone in the entire world. Well, clearly we're not compatible in a relationship. Yeah. I, I mean, I it's, don't it's think not that like they a, are compatible in a relationship, yeah, I don't to be
1: fair, but that's not the reason they are compatible. No. <laughs> it would have made way more sense to be like, okay, well, when you're ready, I'm here, yeah. or yeah. I'm not willing to wait around for you, and then it turns into, can we be friends? But, like, this is, yeah, I felt like it was a leap. That's a good word for it. I felt like it was a bit of a leap. Yeah. <laughs> Oh
2: yeah, the whole the whole scene's a mess. But
1: honestly, <laughs> I know this isn't this cannot be the case. There's just no way. But if this meant that for the rest of the series they were just friends and this would just end, <laughs> then I would be okay with it, but not hopeful. Yeah.
2: We'll see where that goes. <laughs> <laughs> I just had one face of the episode. I do like MJ's particular look of horror, like when Christina presents her with the acid gun in the elevator. And the fact that her, like, necklace is, like, clipped, like, there's just a bit of her necklace is gone. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a good, you know, the faces on the show aren't often exaggerated, but I think it's a particularly exaggerated one that I, yeah. I think it's kind of funny.
1: You can, like, hear the image, even if you never heard the image. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I also kind of like, um, we didn't really call this out, but I do actually like the effect of the acid eating away the glass.
2: Mm-hmm. It's a yeah, pretty yeah. cool
1: thing. And, you know, we good. never mentioned Christina has dope as fuck hair. Oh yeah, it's really cool. Her hair coloring is sort of like an oil slick. It's really yeah. cool. She has like black hair with like sort of like rainbow
2: highlights. I guess I would call them they're like inconsistent highlights. Yeah. I feel like it's they're like trying to undertone. go for that Yeah, undertone, I maybe is a better word for it. I think it they're trying to go for like the fat, I, I like it's not I don't think it's meant to look like super pristine like it, you could be it could be something that she just sort of like did herself, you know, so or, it's sort of like messy highlights. Yeah, that's but probably what that it looks, actually is. But it, but it, but it, but it looks cool anyway. Like it's a cool look. You know what it's kind of know? reading to me
1: now, and it was I don't know why I didn't read it this way before. It's almost like she has really, really dark rainbow hair, kind of in the same way that like mm. you might read a um, like an unlimited color palette or or like a a 2099 color palette where it's like the way we show something is is a dark color is by making it black and then just giving you the highlights and the color it actually is so like imagine that like her hair is is not actually black but it's just this really dark iridescent rainbow color that's pretty cool that'd be fucking cool (laughs) as hell
2: Christina, you deserve better, girl. (laughs) Yeah, I mean,
1: that's what it boils down to for me. Like, I, I, it's frustrating. I I said this already, so I won't dwell on it too much. But it's frustrating this episode is so well written from a just narrative plot point, like progression, for the most part, like dialogue, characterization outside of, you know, Christina. Although Christina isn't even necessarily characterized poorly. Like, what they set out to make her is what she comes across as, typically. It's just not... The problem is that I can't in good conscience call this a good episode because it's so irresponsible in the way that it depicts Christina and mental illness and the way it yeah. depicts Christina and MJ as women with feelings. Like, it's just – it's so frustrating. <laughs> <With> feelings, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's really what it is. But like This yep. whole episode hinges on women be crazy and crazy people be inherently dangerous. And it's like we don't need that to be – the like, we don't need that. We just don't need that. Yep. You could have told a story that involved all these same characters <laughs> – and made it work in a way that wasn't just demonizing two marginalized populations off the <laughs> jump.
2: Jesus Christ. Yep. <laughs> oh, boy. It's, it. yeah, it's just, it's so weird because it's just a really fun episode, but it's just it is. like. It's a fun
1: one to talk about, too.
2: Yeah. No, I think we had some really, this isn't one that I'm mad has gone as yeah. long as it did because it. Oh, there shit. Are really wow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's just there are a lot of really important conversations to be yeah. had and really fascinating conversations. And I think that what this show, you know, this is this is still the kind of stuff that like no other you know show aimed at a younger audience is going to do. Mm-hmm. So it's going to kind of be the only time we're talking about this particular stuff in this way, you know. Yeah. Um. So it's it's still an interesting episode in a lot of regards for all that stuff. But you know, interesting doesn't mean good, mm-hmm. but. And it's fun, but fun also doesn't mean good. Yep,
1: yep, 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 yep. (laughs) Uh, Well, if you want stuff that's fun and good, uh, and generally advocates for people in a way that this show uh, clearly wasn't, uh, check out our Patreon. (laughs) Uh, I think we do a much better job at that. (laughs) <laughs> um, at patreon.com slash walloping web snappers where we talk about all sorts of things uh, not just cartoons not just spider-man uh, sometimes comics sometimes other TV shows it's a good time and most of it's available at just a dollar and there's actually an increasing library of stuff on there that is available and unlocked for everybody so check it out see if it's for you um, and check out our discord there should be a link in the show notes but if you can't find it just let us know we'll get you in there uh, we can chat about this show. In the meantime, you can find Derek and me all over the place. Where can we find you, Derek? Sure. You can find me on Twitter at Derek B. Gale. You can also find my podcast
2: gimmicks, which looks at the high concept, experimental structure, breaking gimmick episodes of television with a new guest and a new show every week. Find that anywhere you get your podcasts and on Twitter and Instagram at gimmicks pod. What about you, Doug?
1: You can find me on Twitter at IckyBooly, I-C-K-Y-B-O-O-L-E-Y. You can also listen to me on another podcast here on the 4 Eyed Radio Network called Victory Road. It's a Pokemon podcast where I talk about Pokemon just as I feel like it. And if you like books and video games, you can listen to me on a podcast called Novel Gaming that I do with my friends Vicky and Katie, where we catch up on all the media we've been consuming lately. And if you'd like more from Derek and me, you can check out our monthly podcast called Falling with Style. It's an ongoing Pixar movie marathon where we watch every Pixar film chronologically. Our episode episode on Coco is out now, wherever you get your podcasts. So be sure to check that out. And visit us on our website at wallopingwebsnappers.com for a full archive of everything Derek and I are working on it together. And follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at wallopingwebpod. You can email us at wallopingwebsnapperspodcast at gmail.com. And please take a moment. To rate, review, and subscribe on all podcast platforms, or at least the ones you're using. Uh, Because if you like what we're doing, somebody else will too, and they just haven't found us yet. And those ratings and reviews have a very tangible result in making us appear in search results more frequently and higher up on the list. So anything you can do with ratings and reviews would be appreciated. Next week, we learn the dangers of hazing. Do we? I guess kind of. (laughs) In the episode, (laughs) in the episode, The Party. (laughs) See you then. See ya. Hey, I could hear that. (laughs) (laughs) Horrible timing.